it's going to be big because I think as climate change increases, the search for, for people or culprits is going to also increase. Hello and welcome to another episode of Acclimatised Conversations on Climate Change Adaptation, the show where we pick the brains of the leading thinkers on climate change adaptation, risk and resilience. As climate change and its impacts become more apparent around the world, The laws and regulations governing governmental and corporate behaviour are also changing at pace. In fact, many experts think that we could see a deluge of legal cases driven by tighter regulation and greater understanding and awareness of climate change impacts, mounting damages and new tools to assess liability. To find out more about this, we spoke with Marcella Scarpellini, an environmental lawyer working in Germany for Rights Based on Science, a climate metrics provider that has built a model that allows companies to measure their contribution to climate change. We do this based on specific company data and uh, climate data. So what we do, let's say, for example, company Pretty Pink, whatever, just not to say a specific company, has a specific growth trajectory projected for the next 50 years and the emissions that are coupled to that to that production are whatever number then we put this this information into the model and then we're able to say well if everybody operated as emission intensively as pretty pink the world would warm up to 4.2 degrees by 2050. So this model begins to allow us to understand individual companies' responsibilities and contributions to climate change. The legal team at Wright Based on Science helps to understand what political and regulatory events can be fed into the model to help clients understand their contributions in the context of wider regulatory changes. The model from Wright Based on Science is part of a growing ecosystem of tools that help attribute legal responsibility for climate impacts to companies' actions. Ultimately, this will help enforce the new laws and legislation that aims to protect people from climate change. Coming from Venezuela, I had this idealized version that Europe, that in, that in Europe enforcement worked perfectly. When I came here, I started to understand that envir- enforcement of environmental regulation is not that big. So that, ha- that was ar- around 2015, at the time we, so- we started to see increased in climate litigation. So there's this uh, interesting case of Friends of the Earth Netherlands, which is suing Shell for its contribution to climate change, claiming that Shell is not in line with the Paris Agreement. And we were trying to see if the model that we generated could provide evidence and support in court to show or to contribute to to judges understanding what alignment with the two degree target is and how could how could specific numbers prove that a specific company or government is not in line with the two degree target. In fact, litigation cases are becoming increasingly common in the climate field, with over 1,000 cases having been brought to date, mostly in the US. Litigation is split broadly between mitigation and adaptation cases. Mitigation cases involve holding companies to emission reductions that are commensurate with the international climate agreements. But there are also a growing number of cases focused specifically on climate change adaptation. So climate 
litigation seeking for adaptation for mitigation is basically asking either governments or large emitters to reduce their emissions or to implement targets that are actually conducive to the to degree target or that are more ambitious. So increasingly, we are seeing shareholders and investors demanding that companies better understand, assess and disclose their climate risk exposure. And failure to do so could open companies up to legal challenge. In fact, those entities that have a duty of care that could be affected by climate change are potentially exposed to litigation unless they're taking robust steps to respond to climate change. I think it's important to say that adaptation has to be understood in two ways. So it's adaptation to climate change. So adaptation to measures that are or should be implemented in order to deal with climate change, but also adaptation to regulation trying to implement such measures. There's a very important case, which is the Commonwealth case, in which um, a couple of shareholders in Australia decided to sue Commonwealth Bank, saying, hey, we know that the invest some of the investments that the, the, our bank or the Commonwealth Bank is invested in have to do or are actually supporting fossil fuel projects. And nowhere in your report we see that you're considering or even disclosing climate change as a potential risk. So they challenged uh, the disclosures of the Commonwealth Bank, and the Commonwealth Bank just responded immediately, and they, they issued their report. They measured climate change risks. It was not a thorough disclosure, but at least they were there, so the, the, the lawsuit um, was dropped. And as our understanding of climate change and the availability of tools to manage it increases, companies will be expected to do more to adapt. For governments, I think most of it is going to come in forms of claims. So either claims for nuisance, claims of in regards to negligence, claims uh, human rights infringe, in, infringements. So governments are just going to be put on the stand and say, hey, what are you doing and what are you not doing? And if you're not doing enough, there's all of this kind of uh, uh, of obligations that are that are compelling you to do more. So I think for governments, putting them on the stand and claims is the more is the biggest um, source of of liability they might face. And for corporates, it's gonna be it's gonna be big because I think as climate change increases, the search for for people or culprits is going to also increase. So people are gonna want to say somebody's responsible for this we know that there's a big contribution or a bit there is cost causality between emissions and climate change so people are going to start pointing fingers and i think for companies it's going to be in the form of uh, fines and penalties of course litigation even class action damages are are expected so companies and governments will increasingly be required to take more ambitious action to build their resilience to climate change and its impacts. But fortunately, there are more and more tools and frameworks to help companies to do just that. When it comes to actions, I think what's going to happen is actions are going to start, are going to be challenged, actually. So saying, well, good that you are claiming that you're investing in renewables, but how how much of your actual business model is that is contributing to this is that sufficient is this just some type of greenwashing in order to continue doing business as usual so we've seen a couple of uh, challenges already to this uh, Santander bank they were challenged by some of their shareholders saying hey in your corporate disclosures and in your annual um, report from 2018 you say that you're contributing and that you want to yeah that you're in line with the 
to Paris Agreement. And there's no way that current investments that you have in projects for the next 15 or in fossil fuel projects for the next 15 or 10 or 15 years are compatible with the two Paris Agreement and they require them to reduce their investments in such projects by 30%. So they're not just challenging the actions, but are going they're going deeply into studying what do appropriate actions and responses constitute. Then beyond this, it is vital for companies to prepare detailed and ambitious action plans to adapt their business and reduce climate risk exposure, something which few corporates are currently doing enough work on. There are ways that companies can start to understand their contribution to climate change. So if I, I mean, as a specific step, I would suggest doing that first, doing a thorough due diligence process of understanding the context in which your company operates, what types of impacts does it contribute to, and what type of impacts or risks it, it, it is exposed to. Have a very thorough analysis of, of that, regardless of the sector that you're in. So I think lots of corporates are, are underestimating the amount of effort that's going to be put into understanding the context, global, regional, national, in which your company is operating, and understanding your the role that a company can actually have in, in shaping the future. For lots of companies, it's going to mean changing their business model. For lots of companies, it's going to mean, mean rearranging core parts of their business. But if they're in a position to do so from an earlier stage, because they decided and they understand the context in which they're operating in, maybe they're the, the ones that are going to remain active. But the ones that are better positioned to transition and to capitalize on the opportunity that climate change brings are the ones that are, are going to be yeah, standing the longest. So there's clearly an increasing legal imperative for companies to act to understand and manage their climate risk. Tools like those produced by Right Based on Science are allowing us to understand and attribute responsibility for climate change contribution and failures to adapt. However, at the same time, there has never been more tools and information and support available to companies and governments to help them respond to climate change and reduce their legal exposure. Those who act first are likely to be best prepared to deal with the emerging legal environment that will accompany a new climate reality. For more acclimatised conversations on climate change adaptation, please visit our website www.acclimatise.uk.com or subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.